Welcome to another edition of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel, who's broadcasting from home, and Robbie Terry joins me in studio. Thank you for being here today. This is special coverage of COVID-19 and how the coronavirus is affecting the lives of those who live in Mansfield. Coming up on this episode, news and local weather for the upcoming week. Let's take a look at this week's headlines. MISD high school graduations moved to a much larger venue. Two area high schoolers headed to Carnegie Hall. Pickled Mansfield seeks city funds to pay for canceled festival. Legacy High student rehabs a community garden. Local church looks for support for a 75-foot cross. Monday is International Museum Day and we'll talk with the manager of the Mansfield Historical Museum. Have you had your dream vacation dashed by the coronavirus? Today we start a new segment titled Broken Vacations. Alexa is here with the weather and we have an in-studio interview with school board candidate Chad Lovell. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. Hi, this is John with Pool Aid, your local pool care specialist. The CDC has determined that pool maintenance services are an essential business due to the added threat of bacteria, algae, mold, and funguses that is a byproduct of the lack of cleaning and a chemical imbalance. Allow us to be an essential part of your pool. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at PoolAid.net. That's PoolAid.net. We're here for you. In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical dental eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. Become a part of Mansfield's safety net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Amid the social distancing guidelines set due to the coronavirus outbreak, Mansfield ISD officials rose to the challenge of providing graduating seniors and their families with a traditional ceremony while adhering to proper safety precautions. To ensure that a reasonable number of guests can safely and comfortably attend, the graduation ceremonies will now be held at Globe Life Field, the new home of the Texas Rangers that features a retractable roof. The location change is a unique opportunity for these graduating seniors and was made possible through the support of the district's community partnerships and corporate sponsors. There is a new graduation schedule, Legacy, Summit, and Timberview seniors will walk the stage on Tuesday, June 2nd, while Lake Ridge, Mansfield, and Frontier High commencements are scheduled for Wednesday, June 3rd. For more information on graduation start times, visit our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on the Links tab. I wonder if the graduates get to run the bases. Remember the old joke, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Well, two Mansfield ISD fine arts students heeded such advice and have been selected by Carnegie Hall as the top young musicians in the country. Percussionist Dylan Ackerman, a junior at Lake Ridge High School, and bassoonist Donovan Neal, a senior at Summit High School, are two of 115 students chosen to play in the 2020 National Youth Orchestra of the United States. The students submitted an audio recording that was judged by top professional orchestra instructors. The orchestra 
orchestra consists of musicians ages 16 through 19 from 34 states and would usually spend three weeks in New York receiving world-class instruction before kicking off a North American tour. Well, the tour has been canceled due to the coronavirus, but Carnegie Hall officials have stated the National Youth Ensemble will still convene beginning July 1st. Key members of the Pickled Mansfield Society asked the city council on Monday night for supplemental funds to offset losses from the canceled pickle parade. About Mansfield's Robbie Terry reports. Do you all have insurance for me? We do have insurance. Our insurance said it was not an act of God, so we are not covered. That's Pickled Mansfield Society Director Amanda Kowalski speaking to the mayor, David Cook, and the rest of the city council Monday night. The nonprofit, also known as PMS, which produces the annual event, is seeking supplemental financial support due to having to pay vendors or return sponsorship monies. You may recall back in March that Governor Greg Abbott shut down all social events statewide, just a day before the Pickle Parade and Palooza was to happen. Pickled Mansfield President John Presley. And so they require us to pay them pretty much in full unless their contract states otherwise. PMS Director Amanda Kowalski. We weren't overextended. The problem was is that a lot of our sponsors wanted their money back. This was money that had already been spent on other things that we have to put money up front for. Things that were spent, um, run fees, t-shirts, things that were spent that had to go out that we can't get the money back for. Presley continued. With the city, with y'all's help and the community's help with the sponsorships, we can do this. We weren't able to do it this year, and that's that's the plain and simple fact. We were stuck, and we have these bills that we have to pay, and that's why we're asking for this extra income, because we weren't able to get the sponsorships and get the revenue that we typically would have gotten in this two-day event. Yeah, they just said, you know, we're, we, you didn't have it. I want my sponsorship back. Councilman Casey Lewis. Obviously, we all love the Pickle Parade and glad they're here and want to see that continue. Um, the money just... It's not there. So, I mean, we can go to any hotel in Mansfield right now and, and look at, at their occupancies. And it just, unfortunately, this uh, this virus has killed um, several aspects of the economy, and we don't know what all is going to play out. So voting to extend $90,000 to this group and everybody else that had had something, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Councilman Mike Lehman suggested a compromise. I fully understand maybe we can't do the full 90, but we did eliminate the fireworks tonight. Maybe some of that could be used or adjusted. Councilwoman Julie Short said the funds just aren't there. It's, it's like you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. You know, we have a very limited amount there, and I know we've got other great events like and venues that are needing money, too, and we're having to say no to them as well. So that was the thought process behind this. Because we don't have $90,000 to give you, that's for sure. Council unanimously voted to table the agenda item until the next meeting in two weeks, so PMS can provide a more detailed proposal. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Robbie Terry. Reagan Powers may be graduating soon from Legacy High School, but thanks to this 18-year-old FFA student, it's a new beginning for a plot of land near West Broad and 6th Street. Powers decided to rehab an old garden as a school project when coronavirus had just begun to spread. Now the plot is growing into a vital food source for the Harvesting in Mansfield Food Pantry. 
Powers, who plans to become an agriculture lawyer, is one of 10 people chosen statewide out of 135,000 Future Farmers of America members to be a Ford Leadership Scholar. The garden and greenhouse that she built with her dad was her leadership project. Living Word Church in Mansfield is looking for a new home, having purchased several acres just off of Heritage Parkway between 287 and South Mitchell Road a couple of years ago. Pastor Tristan Baba presented plans for a new 45,000 square foot church, which would also include a cross erected adjacent to 287, measuring 75 feet tall by 40 feet wide. Deputy City Manager Joe Smolinski described to council via Zoom video what the cross would look like. So we kind of、uh, did some mock ups. So, the sign that the shots have brought is, is 52 feet high.、Um, so, the, the proposed cross on 287 would be 20, 23 foot above、uh, the top of the, the sign located at Shops Abroad. By comparison, the proposed cross would be the same height as Methodist Mansfield Medical Center on Broad Street. Pastor Baba stated that the cross would be an asset to Mansfield. There are large crosses in a number of cities all throughout Texas, and they're an asset to that community. As people come almost on a Journey to come and take a photo, to take a moment and pray so that we could have a prayer garden, some benches, some seating around that. And、uh, our hope is that, as kind of one of the gateways to the city coming in off 287 towards Heritage, that the cross would be an asset. Councilman Terry Moore looked for a compromise. Would you be happy without a 75 foot tall cross and just have a 30 or 35 foot tall cross? Would I be happy? No, sir. I don't think you'd be happy. I wanted a hundred foot cross. No, you do. And、uh, my engineer has been working me for about a year, and so we've got it down to 75. Pastor Baba will return in two weeks with revisions to their proposal in hopes of an approval on their third and final reading. Monday is International Museum Day, and even though the Mansfield Historical Museum and Heritage Center is closed indefinitely due to COVID 19, we got museum manager Jessica Baber on the phone to talk about the great things the museum has to offer. Jessica, where is the museum located and what are the hours? So, the museum is located at 102 North Main Street, which is right on the corner of Main and Broad. We are located、uh, in the McKnight Building, which is a 125 year old building, and we are absolutely free of charge. There's no charge to come in, there's no charge to take a tour or anything like that. So, everyone is welcome. What information could Mansfield residents gather while roaming around the museum? Lots of information about everything from sort of the founding of the town. Through the 20th century.、Um, so it's things like、um, historic businesses,、uh, prominent local citizens through history,、um, items from local churches, schools. We have a veterans exhibit.、Um, there are things from historic homes. Through time, you know, the kind of appliances and things that you would see in different people's houses or different stores.、Um, so there's really a, a lot of different things to see. How does the museum go about acquiring its items? What we have in our collection are things that just people have donated through the years.、Um, people from the community who have things that they think might be of some sort of historical value that help kind of tell the story about Mansfield. Um, they will offer them to the museum. And then, you know, we have a process of kind of evaluating if it's something that we would like or not, or we can use or, or can't.、Um, but yeah, that's for the most part, everything has been donated. How does one go about donating an item to the museum? Just contact us.、Um, you can contact the museum by email. Um, and that address is museum at mansfieldtexas.gov. 
or you can give us a call at 817-473-4250. And then we'll set up a time where you can come and bring things by for us to look at. We can come out to the house and see what you have. You can send us pictures. Um, Any of those things will kind of get the process rolling. What's the one item in the museum that every visitor should see, yet the majority miss it? Upstairs in sort of, it's sort of in a corner. It's kind of hard to see, but there's pictures from the Field family. So it's Mr. Field and his wife and his children. um, And they're wonderful pictures, but yeah, people, people miss it because it's just sort of in a kind of an odd spot. Um, But that is something that's actually kind of really cool for us to have. Is the museum a good place to start while doing research on the history of Mansfield? The museum actually has a wonderful research library that is operated by the Mansfield Historical Society. And we've got all kinds of uh, books. We've got genealogical information about local families. Uh, There's an extensive photograph collection. Um, And all of that is available for visitors to come and check out. Or if you have a specific question about Mansfield history or something that you're looking for, you can always contact the museum and we are happy to dig through our records and find whatever we can and and send it to you. Um, We're we're always, always eager to help people learn more about history. Once again, National Museum Day is this Monday. The Mansfield Historical Museum and Heritage Center is temporarily closed due to the coronavirus, but are very active on their Facebook page. If you happen to miss the website, the email address, or the phone number, we have all of that information on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the Links tab. The coronavirus has shattered many dream vacations for Mansfield residents, including my own. It's time for another segment of Broken Vacations, stories of once-in-a-lifetime holidays that were dashed by COVID-19. Listeners, Kyle and Julie, you've missed a couple of vacations. Well, we've missed two. We are actually supposed to be in Napa right now, going on different wine tours and everything. And then we also had to miss out on a trip to Houston, to go to the Houston Rodeo. We had tickets to see Brad Paisley. And then the third one I mentioned to you was hasn't happened yet, but we're starting to worry about it, is in July to a resort down in Mexico and Cabo with her sisters. When did you hear about the cancellation of your, uh, your first vacation? For Houston, um, gosh, honestly, we were supposed to go the first weekend in March. The last weekend in February. My son works for the Houston Rodeo, and he actually called me. He said they just closed the rodeo, and they were actually escorting people out of the rodeo at that that day. Yeah, we actually had a hotel reservation and the rodeo event. And the Brad Paisley concert. Well, the Brad Paisley was with the rodeo, yeah. yeah. With the Houston, with the Brad Paisley, were you able to get a refund on the tickets? Yes, we were. Yeah, they were very good and refunded all the money. I actually bought it through the Houston Rodeo site. And they said if we bought it through there, it was um, resale from other people. That that's how would you get your money back faster. But if you bought it through like StubHub and all Ticketmaster and all that, you're going to wait a while. I learned a lesson there. <laughs> Let's talk about the second vacation, uh, Napa. Describe what you had already planned and 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 what you missed out on. I hadn't booked any wine tours yet because I was still waiting, just looking and seeing what was out there. But I had booked the Napa wine train. I didn't cancel that until the week before we were supposed, which we were supposed to be there this week. So I didn't cancel it until like a a week and a half ago. I was still holding out hope until the last (laughs) minute. (laughs) 
And on the one train, they actually sent us an email and said that they're not even open. They shut down all the way until May the 5th. So I was like, okay, well, you know, it'd be even pay. Even if we went, it would be closed. So they actually, I told them they could either office do a refund or do a credit because we're going to go back again. And they gave us, they gave a full refund. And I have rebooked that trip now for next May. If you had a dream vacation dashed by the virus, send us an email at news at aboutmansfield.com. That again is news at aboutmansfield.com. We'll get you on the telephone and talk about your story. And finally, it was in 1962 when President John F. Kennedy signed a proclamation which designated May 15th as Peace Officers Memorial Day and the week in which that date falls as Police Week. Hugging and handshaking are discouraged during these trying times, but if you happen to come across one of Mansfield's finest, a smile, a wave, a thumbs up, perhaps a thank you would be greatly appreciated. Friday is also National Bike to Work Day. Alexa, is Mother Nature going to cooperate? Here's the forecast for Friday, May 15th in Mansfield. Look for lots of clouds, with a high of 87 degrees Fahrenheit and a low of 69 degrees. And what's the weather forecast for the upcoming week? In Mansfield for the next seven days. Wednesday, 85 degrees Fahrenheit and intermittent clouds. Thursday, 90 degrees and some sun and thunderstorms. Friday, 87 degrees and lots of clouds. Saturday, 82 degrees and thunderstorms. Sunday, 82 degrees and thunderstorms. Monday, 84 degrees and intermittent clouds. Tuesday, 87 degrees and lots of clouds. That's a look at news and weather. If you have a news tip that you would like us to follow up on, send us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. Just a reminder to follow this podcast so you will be automatically notified when a new episode is released. The easiest way is to log on to our website at aboutmansfield.com and enter your email address under the Follow Podcast by Email heading on the homepage. About Mansfield can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart Podcasts, and many more platforms. Prior to the coronavirus outbreak, the city was prepared for a May 2nd election for three city council seats, the mayor's place, and two school board seats. Obviously, May 2nd has come and gone, and the school board elections have been postponed until Tuesday, November 3rd. After the break, we will air an in-studio interview with school board candidate Chad Lovell, with whom we spoke in early March, and you will notice that the interview refers to the May election date. Each of the eight candidates that we talked with prior to the coronavirus pandemic will all be offered do-over interviews, which will be aired in October. And don't forget, we have the trivia question of the week a little bit later on in this episode. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting you to make our thrift store your one stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at Mansfield mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I am Steve Casillo. As campaign 2020 in Mansfield continues, and in the studio today, we have a gentleman who is running for MISD Board of Trustees Place 6, and it is Chad Lovell. One of the, Thank you for being here on About Mansfield. Thank you, Steve. 
Why are you running for school board? Well, I have been asked that numerous times now, and I was warned when I put my name in the hat for the race that I'd be putting myself out there, and the only way I know to put myself out there is to do it, so here goes. Um, First and foremost, I am a son of God. Second, I am a husband of 23 years. And third, I'm a father of four kids right here in MISD. And those are the values and the principles in which I'll make every decision when I am a school board trustee. What level of grades are your, are your kids? So my oldest is a senior. He graduates this year. Excellent. My only daughter is 15. She's at Legacy with him. And then my two younger ones are both boys. They're at Torverinden, and they are 8 and 10. All right. Yeah. Continue with uh, why you're running. I, I interrupted you. That's fine. So we moved here into te- to Texas 14 years ago. And when we got here, uh, my oldest son was only four at the time. And he was classified by the Louisiana School District as special needs. He is hearing impaired. So my wife and I sought every school in MISD, charter, I'm sorry, in, in the North Texas area. And we, we ended up with MISD because of its exceptional rating and what we've seen. We toured two elementary schools, a high school, and attended some board meetings. And we did the same for some charter school, private schools, and it was clear. I'm proud to say my son graduates in May. Um, he was within six months of being in MISD. They had a mainstream. And the Louisiana School District said he wouldn't graduate. So very proud of that fact. My other three kids are all straight-A students. They've all been identified as GT. My daughter's top 5% at Legacy. So I feel a debt of gratitude to pay back to MISD. Um, I believe that... And to quote Albert Einstein, I'm paraphrasing here, but to live is to serve. So when I look back at all of my donations of time that I've given, it's always been the kids. Twelve years ago, I brought Watchdogs to MISD. Watchdogs is a national program. Dogs is an acronym of Dads of Great Students. Today, I'm proud to say it's in eight MISD schools. There's over a thousand dads volunteering in it, and we get dads to donate one vacation day a year to the school, to be the eyes and ears of the school, to help with classroom support, small groups, reading with kids, and to be that positive male role model on campus. How, how long has that project been, uh, or program, been in, in uh, existence? In existence. It started in 1996 in wow, Jonesboro, I, Arkansas. Watchdogs. Watchdogs. I've not heard of that. And, and I was a part of the, I was a part of the Mary Orr Dad's Club. I was part of the Willie Brown Dad's Club. And but I've not heard of watchdogs and 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 we used to go out on uh, it was every Friday morning we'd go out and we'd open up the car doors and and as the line uh, the car would come through the yes. uh, the line and the drop off line and uh, you know we'd high five the kids and you know get them going for their day, um, but watchdogs that's do you know the eight schools or or maybe a few of the schools that have yeah. that that program so we have it at Legacy at Linda Job. Donna Shepard, Torverinden, Mary Jo Shepard, and Nancy Neal. And Holt had it at one point in time. I'm not sure if it's still going on there. And Webb Elementary is another one that I started at in Arlington when I was in Rotary up there. Okay, so just one high school? Yes. Okay. I'm only one person. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, because that seems to be where the the parent involvement seems to lack the most. Yes, is is high school. That once you push them into ninth grade, uh, the the parents seem to step away a little more. The, the parent activity or the parent uh, involvement in elementary school is is unbelievable. Yeah. But um, yeah, the older they get, it seems that that the more they remove themselves. So that's a very and, good observation, and I myself as a parent felt prey to that. So I took watchdogs all the way to Linda Job, and then I intentionally didn't even broach it at Legacy when Aiden got there. And it wasn't until he was a junior two years ago, he asked me, he goes, Dad, why don't you come to lunch with me anymore? I said, I don't know. Do parents come to lunch at Legacy? He said, no. I said, is it allowed? He goes, I don't know. I said, let's try it tomorrow. So I went. I was welcomed with open arms. I'm sitting down in the cafeteria waiting for Aiden to come. And when I kid you not that half of the kids in that school came up to me and high-fived me, and they said, you were a watchdog when I was in fourth grade. Wow. It made me recognize what you just said and that um, the parental involvement drops off, but I think that's by our own choice as parents. Our kids are growing up. They're as big as us. They're young adults. What that day taught me is that I saw the same little girl's eyes in a sophomore I remember this particular one that I did when she was in second grade when I was reading books with her. So I was going, wow, so these kids want me here. So I went and talked to Dr. Butler. She said, we love it. We have 50 dads now at Legacy donating their time to be a watchdog. Wow. When my son was a freshman, I remember receiving the notice that it's an open house. Come talk to the teachers. And and. So I went out there, and I the, all the teachers were out in the cafeteria, and I introduced myself. Hi, I'm... Uh, the dad of and they're like one of them actually said why are you here your child is doing fine <laughs> it it i never went to an open house after that at the high school level because i felt that the teachers the teachers were pushing me away wow and and that may be why the parents are are you know ninth grade let's let's take a step back and let them fly but I, I don't know. Uh, that, that, was, that was an experience um, that I had. But for the most part, uh, the, the educational experience for both of my kids at, at Mansfield High were very positive. Let's get back to school board, though. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> what do you see, then, as the role of a, a, school, board, uh, a, a school board member? So I see it as an advocate for the students and for the frontline employees of our school. We all have that memory when we were a kid of that special teacher, of that nutritionist that always gave us that extra scoop or that janitor that just was just nice. We all have that special individual. I see my job as a trustee as being their advocate and as well as the taxpayer's advocate because as a taxpayer myself and MISD, I'm all too familiar with how high our property taxes are. And then as a parent, I'm also very familiar with how I cringe when I see the zoning notices. So as a school board trustee, I would hold both of those emotions close to my heart on every decision I made. And I would invite the input of every student that's willing to talk to me and every teacher, janitor, and nutritionist that's willing to talk to me. And that, that will be the inputs from my decisions. And then input from the community as well. You'll be accessible uh, to the to the families and 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 parents. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, have you met your opponents? 
I have. I met Warren. Um, we had a little drawing thing where we picked our places. Okay. Uh, very nice guy. Um, I've met Daryl Sneed, uh, who's uh, the incumbent that's choosing not 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 to um, run again. And I'll tell you, I hope to learn from Daryl more than I can possibly learn. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge and done a good job, and I can only hope to fill his big shoes. And then there's also Tanya Sosa. Have you uh, what? What's the difference between you and your your opponents? You know, I don't know particularly much about them. I can just tell you, um, for me personally, um, what I bring to the table. I am a banker in my professional life, and I plan on using those same skills as being from being a banker of solving complicated problems as well as just ultimately meeting face to face. I do particularly I'm a banker for car dealers. Car dealers have a very strong lobbying um, presence through TADA and NADA and I've learned from them that you can throw all kinds of money and email your congressman but nothing works like a face to face with your congressman and I plan on solving a lot of our problems that we have with school funding for MISD through face-to-face meetings with Austin legislators. Hypothetical, you've been elected as the school board member. What does a successful three-year term look like to you? That's a good question. Um, Thank you. I I try to ask the good questions. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I mean, taking it from the lenses of me, I mean, what I see as the three most compelling issues with MISD and there's not many I had to hunt because I I think what's come through is I'm an advocate for MISD because of what they have done for my four kids. But I would say that school funding, there are ISDs out there that are getting more funding per student than Mansfield ISD. Are we being penalized because MISD is frugal? The board has done such a good job already being frugal with the dollars that we're being penalized by not getting more. I don't know what the answer is to that, but like I said, I plan on taking my time to be an advocate and being face-to-face. The second issue I would see would be uh, we are losing kids to charter schools and STEM schools, and MISD has done a phenomenal job with school of choice and um, – there's on the board right I'm sorry on the drawing board for a STEM academy of sorts what have you I would say from my own personal experience when we moved here and here we are with a son that we were told wouldn't work and we toured private schools we did what somebody's parents are doing that are leaving MISD it was sexy if you will the private schools the buildings were nicer the The amount of kids in the classroom were less. The teacher's pedigree was better. The passion for the student was still there. But outside of those four walls, if you had a gifted child or a special child that needed more resources, that's where they fell on their face. And I think every MISD school, I think every principal within MISD, I would put a one-on-one with that principal of that MISD with the principal of a charter school. And I think that the parent, if they were willing to listen and not have the cynicalness that most people have towards public school, they would be transformed from a cynic to an advocate. I think we already have it in MISD. I think it's just, we need to scream from top of the mountains. Frontier High School, Ben Barber, all these things. Right. Um, and then the last thing I see uh, plaguing our schools, uh, our school district 
There's a north perception of the district, and I hate that term, but I lived there. I lived at Russell Curry in 287. I didn't notice it. Um, we were there all the way through Legacy. We moved to the Tarverendon area just three years ago, but we were in the Nancy Neal area before that. But I did take my kids to go play tennis and football at T.A. Howard, and sitting at the last school board meeting, hearing and seeing all the parents and the students. I think that we need to do a better job on the board, and it seems like this issue's been going on for a while. This is one that I don't think I would solve in three years, but I think I would just make it to where we were asking the tough questions of, are we giving special treatment to one school over another? I've not heard that term before. The north the north end of, of Mansfield, uh, help me out with... Uh, T.A. Howard, Timberview, and Summit. Um, there's been several references over the last 10 years that that's the north. Uh, and, and the demographics in that area is a little rougher. Right. So the parents there are feeling like they're not getting the resources. Again, I'm glad you haven't heard it. That would be my goal, that that terminology would disappear. Because I think every school in MISD is phenomenal. So how, how does a board in general, all eight board members ensure that every school gets equality in terms of education? I think asking the tough questions. Um, for instance, at the last school board meeting, um, there was a presentation for a school of choice, and um, the presentation was talking about the value proposition for this one school, and one of the school board members just simply asked the question, isn't this the same value proposition that we do at all MISD schools. So I think the board is already thinking in those terms. I don't think that I would bring that. I think that I would just um, continue that because that's the reality. It's the taxpayer's dollar that's going to educate our students, our babies. Right. What is your opinion on the STAR test? And should it be continued? Should teachers focus on teaching more curriculum versus teaching testing results. Your opinion on the STAR test? So as a watchdog, being in campus, because I have volunteered a day every single year for the last 12 years, I've read with students trying to increase their DRA levels for benchmarks. I've been on campus where my job was solely to be a hall monitor for store testing to make sure everybody was ready to need to be. I saw the stress levels in the school that day. I don't know if store tests would go away. I think that's kind of a, you know, a from top down being pushed onto the MISD. I do think that it kind of creates the impression of the teacher teaching to the lowest common denominator and even as the board i think it forces the board to make decisions on fitting in the box but i think misd in particular where we stand now our ratings are high enough that we're showing leadership on how to navigate this and i think that we take that leadership role as a way of pushing back on legislation to say, hey, we are trailblazing a way here. Right. Give us the latitude to try this, to, to empower our teachers with this because we're handcuffing them right now. It would have to be fact-based. We would have to have it, but I think this board's positioned to do that. 
if elected to board uh, the the school board, would is there a project or an idea that that you would take to the board saying, hey? You haven't been doing this. This is something that's been no, uh, close to my heart. I guess the the short question is, do you have an agenda? Don't have an agenda. Um, I have some preferences. Okay. Um, you know, as a as a father, I've learned to listen. As a husband, I've learned to be patient, and that collaboration's best. As a past PTA president, I've learned to deal with a diverse group of very passionate individuals that don't necessarily see the same outcome as I do. And where I'm going with that is I'm a fan of education. I have two graduate degrees and I'm from a generation probably similar to you in that we were told you have to have a four-year degree in order to get a job. And um, I, of course, tried to instill that on my oldest son. He is not four-year graduate, I'm sorry, four-year college material. And as a father, I had to learn to listen to that. Long way of answering this, but I've had the special um, experience of touring trade schools for the last two years and touring four-year degrees, four-year colleges with my daughter. It is night and day difference. The trade schools have this figured out. Think about when you toured a four-year college. It was, here's the experience you're going to have. Right. Here's your dorm where you're going to live. And if you were even smart enough to ask, when I have my degree, what do I do? Their only answer would be, oh, we can get you an interview with this company. <laughs> the trade school, at every single one as we're walking out, they have a wall of employers where literally there's a plaque on the wall, hundreds of them. If you take these three courses, have this 2.5 GPA, and show up 98, 98.5% of the time in class, you're guaranteed this job with this salary. So that's huge. So ben, where I'm going, Ben Barber. That I had voca- vocational schools. Votech is what we called them when I was in high school. Right. I didn't even know what it was because I was torn a four-year degree. I think Ben Barber just offers so much, and I think we're approaching capacity. So that's something that I would like to see as a second Ben Barber. And what I've learned is through my experience with the core dealers, the core dealers are touring the trade schools. I'm in a special position where I was able to create a $50 an hour job for my son 22 months when he graduates just by connecting some dots. And I can do that for whatever Ben Barber's capacity is. Is it 10 auto mechanic graduates a year, I can have 10 jobs lined up like that for them. So, And that's just one industry. What about the other? So that's something near and dear to my heart. And $50 an hour for a 17-year-old is, is uh, you're sitting... Well, to be fair, $25 for a 17-year-old when he graduates at 19 years old, ah, got $50 you. an hour. But okay. still in all, $25 an hour, that's $50,000 a year. Uh, to make uh, to, to, to use teenage terminology, that's making bank. <laughs> that sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back. You mentioned you were a PTA president. Yes. Let's talk about your leadership roles. Uh, what other qualifications or what other leadership roles have you held in, in the community? So in the community... Um, there's PTA president, there's watchdog coordinator, and I don't want to downplay that. Um, that's coordinating eight different schools, eight different principals, thousand dads. That's lining up dominoes, if you will, and coordinating all those schedules. I also coach the NRA YHEC team. Um, what is that? So YHEC is Youth Hunter Education Challenge, okay. and it's teaching kids uh, firearm safety 
and hunter disciplines through eight different disciplines, and then we compete on it nationally. So we we do a state event in October, and we take the winner, not the winners, we invite all participants to join the team. Typically about 10 join. We train them from January to June, and then we take them to nationals in July, and we compete. So it's the NRA, Texas NRA YHEC team. I've also been a little league umpire. I've coached all my kids' sports, and I've been big brother, uh, big sister's mentor. What can the school board do to ensure the safety of our kids? You know, we do have a um, police officer on campus at most. Uh, we do have the lock on the door. You have to show your ID. Right. Um, being on campus for the last 12 years as a watchdog, uh, that has done a lot. Uh, I will, I'll say that right there. Uh training for our teachers i will tell you um when i'm on campus as a watchdog and i'm not wearing my badge or my shirt uh, the teachers already have the skill set to stop me and question who i am so i think the awareness is already there it's just keeping it on that alert and watchdogs is the other answer i mean there's a bad guy out there lurking and he sees a random dad walking the perimeter of the building he's gonna think twice are the watchdogs allowed to stop people in the halls that they that are not showing, say, a visitor's badge? Yes. Or, oh, they are? Okay. They are. So, obviously, in elementary schools, intermediate and middle school, that's easy because the watchdog is the adult on that campus. High school, some of those kids look like adults. So, in high school, we give the watchdog a walkie-talkie. And he's armed with his phone to take a picture of that student and walkie in an administrator right then. We would never put that dad volunteer in a position where he'd be uncomfortable. But you'd be surprised. High school is really not that much different than when we were in high school. I mean, vaping is a whole new level. I mean, for us, it, you know, we walk in the bathroom and you see all the smokers and you just turn around and walk away. Vaping just appears anywhere. But having that dad on campus, it influences good decisions. I can't tell you the number of time, just walk in the hallway and same thing. I'll see a boy and a girl walk down the middle hallway and then I'll make the shortcut around and show back up within 15 seconds and just my presence makes them uncomfortable enough that they move on and they get back to class absolutely mansfield keeps growing and growing and growing especially toward the south with south point which is going to have its own set of schools but do you see do you see it do you envision any more redistricting going on within the existing schools you know i know no one wants to hear zoning but I think given our population growth, um, my own personal story, we sought out MISD as a destination district. Me working at a bank, and I work for the sixth largest bank in the nation, um, we have, I have coworkers that move here, and Mansfield's on the top of their list. They've already done the same algorithm that I did, that 50,000 other people do every day. They're, they're seeking this area out. So we have to keep up with the bonding and the building of new premises to accommodate that growth. At the same time, we need to be conscious if all of a sudden we're able to rezone, not playing whack-a-mole where we rezone just to solve a little problem. I'm talking about the big problems. If we need another Ben Barber, and rezoning a couple of things here and there frees up a whole campus and saves the taxpayers a whole bond, I'm all for it. And I will make my decisions based off that conservative approach. And at the same time, inputs from the 
community, from the teachers, from the students. And then with this grain of salt, every high school in MISD is nicer than the college I went to for my undergraduate degree. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just simply saying that's the conservative I'll, I'll take with the taxpayer's dollar. And that's the level of intensity that I would give to any zoning proposal. The MISD Center for the Performing Arts is is one of the finer venues of any concert venue you'll find in, in, in the Metroplex. Yes. And that's something to be proud of. Very proud. And, you know, uh, STEM, as I said earlier, is sexy. I think STEM is missing something. It's missing the A. Yeah. I mean, let's not take art out of school. And I think that that pack right there shows MISD's, MISD's dedication to this. I'm a big fan of the arts. My daughter's a show choir. I'm taking, I'm actually going to miss two of the candidate forums because I'm chaperoning the legacy show choir team in Colorado. They've been invited to nationals up there. So I'll be missing the, the candidate forums for that. Chad Lovell, do you have a website? Are you on Facebook? Are you on LinkedIn? How can people get more information about Chad Lovell. So I do not have a website. I am on LinkedIn and I am on Facebook. Um, my Facebook posts, I'm not active on Facebook. There's just a page there. Right. Um, LinkedIn would be the best place to get information on me. And just do a search for Chad Lovell. Yes. L-O-V-E-L-L. That is correct. And Chad. Chad, dear, uh, is before we conclude, is there anything that I missed, anything that you would like to add before, uh, before we part ways? Sure thing. So, so in closing, I would just say that as a trustee, I want to be an advocate for the community, for the students, and for the frontline employees of the district. I am too familiar that people are the most important part of any organization, whether that's a school or whether that's a million-dollar company. As a commercial lender, before I decide to make a loan to somebody, a business, I go visit the site and I talk to the employees. I have learned through two bank mergers um, in corporate America that happiness is a definition and it's defined differently to everybody else. A lot of people think that if I'm successful, I'll be happy. That's a mirage. I truly think that happiness is success. Therefore, happy employees make for happy customers. And to our teachers, Competitive pay, absolutely top of my list. At the same time, I would challenge it to be happy teachers because what does happiness mean for a teacher? For some, it might mean competitive pay. And I think teachers deserve the most competitive pay. They are shaping the future leaders of the world. Why shouldn't they get the best pay that we can give them? At the same time, for some teachers, that might mean more benefits. It might mean more flex schedule. It might, be, it might mean us taking the burden of all the out-of-pocket expenses that they spend just to serve the ba their babies how they want. Um, as a taxpayer, I will keep, as I said earlier, those emotions that I know as a parent when it comes to zoning, as a taxpayer when it comes to paying property tax, every decision I make, I will have those two emotions top of mind. I'm running for a school board trustee position number six. I'd appreciate your vote come May 2nd. Chad Lovell, I appreciate you being on the uh, on, on About Mansfield today. Again, Mansfield ISD Board of Trustees. He's running for seat six or place six. Chad Lovell, thank you for being on About Mansfield. Thank you. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is John with Pool Aid, your local pool care specialist. With the exceptional amount of rain that we've experienced so far this year, spring is a vital time to clean pool filters, skim leaves and debris, and keep skimmers clean to ensure proper circulation as well as keep your pool sweep in good working condition. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at PoolAid.net. That's PoolAid.net. We're here for you. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. We welcome all feedback about the program, whether it's about a specific news story or feature that you heard. Feel free to chime in by email at comments at aboutmansfield.com or by voicemail at 817-435-2938. That's 817-435-2938. We will read or play back some of the comments in a future episode. Congratulations to Chris Jenkins, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who is Johnson County named after? Texas history buffs know that Johnson County is named for Middleton Johnson, a Texas ranger, soldier, and politician. Chris has won a $25 gift card to El Primo's Grill and Cantina. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how, and we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids need to know the dangers and how to avoid them. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids, because when you talk, they hear you. It is time for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to El Primo's Mexican Grill and Cantina. Located at the corner of Matlock and Country Club Drive, it's where the locals go. You can find them on the internet at elprimos.net. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve... Travelers visiting Mansfield have a wide variety of choices when it comes to the eight hotels within the city. This week's trivia question is, who owned the first hotel in Mansfield? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who owned the first hotel in Mansfield? Good luck and thanks to Todd and Robert at El Primo's for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, continuing coverage of the coronavirus and how it affects the lives of Mansfield residents. And we will conclude our series of candidate in-studio interviews with Yolanda McPherson, who is running for school board. The show will be released on Wednesday, May 20th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam, we promise. 
Thank you for listening. For Colleen Daniel and Robbie Terry, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.